There is no passion to be found in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living, Nelson Mandela. My guest today is going to talk with us about how your subconscious beliefs could be hurting your hormone balance and ultimately that could be keeping you settling for a life that is less than the one you're capable of living and why that's so important. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident, and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. I hope you're having an amazing day. My guest today, you're going to love her. I know you love all my guests, but you're really going to love her because she's going to talk about a topic that's super important and just like the missing key when it comes to your hormone balance. I find that women who don't achieve the hormone balance and health that's possible for them over 40 often neglect this step. So this is why it's super important. And we're like giddy schoolgirls getting ready for the interview because we're super excited to talk to you about it. Because if you think it's woo-woo, then you're not up on the latest science because it's science. Yeah, you're not hearing about it in your doctor's office. And that's a political issue. I talk about a great book that I just read in this episode that explains why you're not hearing about this from medicine. But it also clearly goes through the science of these energy practices and the energy body and why it's valid and it shouldn't be considered woo-woo. So anyway, we get into that in the talk. So I'll tell you a bit, a little bit about Dr. Nicole Huffman, and then we will get started talking about how your subconscious beliefs just might be hurting your hormone balance. Dr. Nicole Huffman is a naturopathic medical doctor, and her passion is finding the root cause of her patients' imbalances and dis ease, not just solving the symptom picture. She believes the body has the ability to heal itself given the correct personalized treatment plan and after restoring the basic determinants of health. A certified neuroemotional technique practitioner, Nicole knows firsthand the dramatic effects that healing negative subconscious beliefs can have on health. She explores these and more topics related to root cause resolution approaches to health on her biweekly podcast called Coffee with the Docs. Welcome, Dr. Nicole Huffman. Yay, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you and dive into the topic of are your subconscious beliefs hurting your hormone balance? I know. Um, how, yes, right? So I know some people are wondering, why are they so excited, weirdly excited about this topic? What, tell everyone why you're excited about it. Well, I just feel like the emotional component of health gets neglected often by the medical profession. And I don't necessarily think it's because doctors like don't want to help 
their patients with that. I think honestly, just a lot of practitioners aren't really taught how to help. And especially the docs who are, you know, sort of in the more standard, standard type of medicine who are helping with hormones, it's just not part of their repertoire to really deal with that side. But we know as practitioners in the functional world that if you look at hormones and if your stress hormone cortisol is too high or which is going to affect insulin, it's also going to affect all of our sex hormones, which is going to throw off the whole hormonal balance. And so it's just so important to look at that piece of the puzzle, I think. Yeah, it's super important. I, I find that if if people don't get this one right, they don't usually achieve what's possible for them with hormone balance. And I know the first thing that women say to me is like, Dr. Kieran, how do my <laughs> how does my subconscious thought that runs my body have anything to do with my hormones? They're like, no, no, I've got a perimenopause problem. I've got a menopause problem. I don't have a subconscious thought problem. So mm-hmm. how how does somebody identify, begin to identify what their subconscious is thinking? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I don't know that that's always something you can do on your own, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean that, <laughs> I think there's that quote that's like, you can't solve the problem with the same brain that created it. I mean, mm-hmm. it is one of those things where it is helpful to have a practitioner or somebody who does work with a subconscious mind sort of help you identify what belief systems you may have. And if you were talking even just about what you were just saying with menopause, like if you have a subconscious belief program that's like, well, my mom started menopause early, then I'm going to too. Well, your body listens to everything your mind says, right? And Mm -hmm. so it might take that into consideration and decide to start menopause earlier than you think. I mean, our brain is so incredibly powerful. And so I do think there are little tricks and tools to kind of figuring out your own subconscious belief systems and really... That's how come, you know, meditation can be so helpful because it's being aware. It's taking a step back and observing yourself, which is hard to do, you know, observing without judgment. But you can kind of start to see like, oh gosh, I always tend to think this one thing. Today I was working with a patient where she had kind of figured out on her own that every time she experiences a lot of joy, something bad happens. So for her, she's developed this whole belief system around, well, I can't have that much joy because if I do, something bad will happen. I mean, it can be little things like that that tend to start kind of ruling your world, the way you live. And then of course, they're going to affect your body as a whole, including your hormones. Yeah, I think that's super important to to realize. I remember when I practiced regular gynecology, women used to come in and they'd be in their 40s having crazy periods because that's what we do in our 40s. And (laughs) they would say, well, my mother had a hysterectomy when she was 45. So I think it's time for mine. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) I just used to think, oh my gosh, do you hear what you're saying? Like you said, your body listens to everything your mind says. And so you mentioned that working with someone who can help them to identify. So I know some people are thinking, well, who would I look for? What kind of person would I look for who helps people with their subconscious beliefs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so one of the practices, modalities I use to help my patients with their emotional, I don't even really want to call it emotional work. I feel like the word emotional just gets such a bad reputation. But if we look at it as sort of solving unresolved stress, right? Like we know that 
if there is stress in the body that's unresolved, it's going to cause imbalances, right? So if we look at it that way, the modality I like to use is something called neuroemotional technique. So I do know that you can look for different practitioners. Not everybody practices the exact same, but you know, that's a resource. And then I would say there are so many other different types of ways to access that area and kind of the subconscious brain and figure out how to create more balance. So someone, maybe a practitioner who uses homeopathy, that's another type of modality I like to use that can help ease emotions and sort of clear some of the way through that subconscious brain, right? And EFT, emotional freedom technique, that's a pretty widely used technique now. There's a lot of different practitioners in that. One of my fellow colleagues does hypnosis work. That's another really powerful way to access the subconscious brain. So I, you know, a lot of it is dealing with somebody that you trust, right? So if you have a functional practitioner like yourself, or if you're somebody who's working with me and they want to dive deeper and it's not something that I want to do or tackle fully on my own, then I've got some people that I recommend as well. But there's just so many different ways to access it that I don't know, okay, I just want to find out my, you know, belief systems is one way, but also, you know, using some of these other modalities that you can do at home, like meditation, you know, maybe using like a guided meditation from Dr. Joe Dispenza, or learning some of the emotional freedom technique stuff. There's so many great things online. So I think it just really depends where somebody is and how, if or if they're just starting, right? If this is their first sort of dipping their toe into, I think I want to look at the emotional component of my health. Yeah, I think those are all great techniques. And I love that you mentioned meditation first, because I find for a lot of people, they're just so busy that they're not aware of the conversations going on in the background in their mind that is the content of the subconscious mind. Yes. And so if you just slow down and get quiet, a lot of times you can hear yourself saying all of these things, like the belief that you're going to get tired as you get older and the belief that, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm 45, my mom had a hysterectomy, it's time for mine. And you can just start questioning these beliefs instead of just letting them run the show, you can get them out and start to make some choices about, do I really want to believe this or not? Absolutely. I mean, what I learned back in the day was that our subconscious brain runs about 98% of the show. So that seems like a pretty decently high percentage. So we might want to understand a little bit more about what our subconscious mind is saying then. And also we have to understand that it's not bad. This isn't like a bad or good, or we have to get those thoughts out. Our subconscious brain is constantly trying to keep us safe, right? I mean, we Mm -hmm. are literally wired for survival. And so if we can just understand that, okay, underneath everything, our brain's just trying to keep us safe, but how can we maybe experience other things and do different things without having these belief systems, I think we'll find a lot more freedom. And so, yeah, again, not judging it when you're in that meditation either, but simply being aware. You know, as you're talking, Maslow's hierarchy of needs popped into my head because Mm -hmm. I was thinking about the fact that we are neurologically wired for safety, right? Reptilian Mm -hmm. brain, keep Mm -hmm. us safe at all costs. 
but we have this need for self-actualization, mm-hmm. <laughs> which can go exactly contrary. I, I always tell the women I work with that part of your health problems is that you're not doing what you want to do in all areas of your life. There's usually some what I call spiritual constipation or creative constipation. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) You've got to do the things that you came here to do in order to free up that energy. So it's, it's no longer stuck, which is along Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But like you're talking about our subconscious is programmed to keep us safe. So most of us have safety beliefs running in the background. Oh, you can't quit your job because then you'll be homeless and destitute. Oh, you can't, you know, you can't this, you have to that. What are your thoughts about that? I completely agree. I feel like a lot of my patients too, I'll see them, they're tired, right? Fatigue is such a complaint. And it's like, well, okay, are are they actually tired because their body doesn't have energy, maybe. But are they also tired because nothing is really that inspiring to them right now, right? They, they're mm-hmm. in a job where they're, like you were saying, like, I love them spiritually constipated. They don't have that relationship with the divine or whatever, or they aren't in a job that's super fulfilling. They feel like they're doing the same thing every day. They're, you know, right? I mean, you're, you're not going to be this inspired, energetic person sometimes if the life stuff isn't necessarily together. Now there can be somebody, another person who's doing all those same things. Their life is sort of the same way every day, but they're in a fulfilling job and they have a ton of energy, right? So I do just feel like we do have to can take into consideration the life as a whole, not just, hey, how are your adrenals and thyroid functioning, right? I mean, it's so much deeper than that. It's so true. It's like, how's your marriage? How are your relationships? How's your job? You know, the whole time that you're at work, are you thinking, if I have to do this one thing again, I'm going to stick a fork in my eye? (laughs) You know, your body hears that. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. And to the point where you should sort of be careful about certain things that you're saying, I mean, no doubt. So I just feel like the first step really is as simple as just being aware right? And then I think there's a million steps you can take after that. Awesome. So let's dive a little deeper into this issue of hormone balance and subconscious beliefs. So maybe everybody listening is thinking, okay, I get it. My subconscious beliefs are, are part running part of the show. But what hormones are being affected? Can you help everybody understand that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to break it down for more of just like a stress component, right? Okay. I mean, we know, like I was kind of saying earlier, like if your cortisol is off, right, you're having some underlying stress. And when I say underlying stress is, you know, sometimes I have patients and I'm sure you do too, who are like, yeah, nothing really stressful is going on in my life though. So why do I have low testosterone? Why do I have low progesterone? And I'm like, all right, let's take a step back. Maybe there's not like a fire raging outside your house. That's stressful. Maybe you don't have, you know, some other really massive stress going on, but a lot of little stresses or even just the stress of being unfulfilled or having these subconscious belief programs that are sort of keeping you feeling low, that's enough to still keep our body overall feeling stressed. And when your body is stressed, it's not thinking, hey, 
now's a great time to have a baby or now's a really great time to get my reproductive system in order, right? When the body's stressed, it's number one objective is survival. That's it. And so our progesterone levels are low, our testosterone levels are low. That can affect our estrogen, our DHEA levels. And then we might start having like some really wonky periods, might skip a period. Maybe we have really heavy bleeds because our estrogen is way out of control and we don't have the progesterone reserves to balance it either. So I do see that really, if we take a step back, it doesn't have to be these crazy amounts of stress that are changing our actual sex hormones, the ones that we look at a lot. And we were talking about Dr. Anna Kabeka before we came on the show, just, and she talks a lot about too how when you have higher amounts of cortisol, your oxytocin go down. And when your cortisol is higher, your insulin goes higher. So we're talking about just one hormone that can really start throwing off the balance of so many different things. And oxytocin, for those of you who just need a little refresher, I mean, that's the hormone of safety and of love and connection. And if you're not feeling that way, maybe one of your subconscious belief systems is I deserve to be alone or I'm never going to find a partner or whatever it might be around love. Maybe your oxytocin levels are lower than we'd like them and that's going to upset your sex hormones as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I love how you linked it so clearly to what you said earlier, solving unresolved stress and even these low levels of stress and and just you know, being at work and thinking negative thoughts about your job or your coworkers or your boss, or you're being at home and thinking negative thoughts about your partner or current world conditions. Yes. Thinking negative thoughts about, I, I went down that negative pathway. <laughs> I have to admit it <laughs> with certain life events recently. Yeah. It took me a minute to get myself together. <laughs> So it happens to all of us and that you linked it to cortisol and yes, it affects your oxytocin, that safety connection hormone. It links right into your progesterone, which is your regular, normal flow period hormone, fertility hormone. It links into your insulin. It links into all your other hormones. This is why I call her queen cortisol because she's a she's a queen and she will be served. So we talked about some methods that you use and recommend to help solve unresolved stress. And I know some people are listening now and they're thinking, oh, you mean my body's listening to that rampage that goes on my in my head when I drive in traffic every day? <laughs> yes. So what are some steps that you might give people today who are now realizing, oh, I didn't know that this was affecting my hormones and I have unresolved stress that they could start using? Absolutely. I mean, like we sort of talked about just calming the brain, slowing down, listening to what some of those thoughts that we might be saying in our head you know, one of the things I really like to do, I don't know if you ever looked at the book, gosh, it's so, it's old, called The Artist's Way. She talks a lot about doing morning pages. So you literally wake up and you're just writing three pages every morning, even if it's not, you know, anything really exciting. It's just that idea of kind of getting that subconscious brain, those thoughts out onto the page. That's one really good way to start becoming aware of what is that your brain is saying. 
slowing down and doing some meditation, even if it's really simple five minutes and just breathing and listening to some music. Personally, I really love guided meditations. Like I mentioned before, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I just sometimes it's nice to hear somebody else's voice guiding you into certain things. And then you feel like you have some direction instead of, I feel like I hear so many people say, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or thinking about. It's like, well, nothing, supposed to be thinking about nothing. And that's really hard to do. So I do find like guided meditations can be really helpful. And if you're somebody who is interested in sort of working with somebody, you know, whether it's somebody like me or another practitioner who does neuro emotional technique, I think that can be really helpful just to have somebody else help you out a little bit to see, Mm -hmm. you know, what some of those thoughts might be. And then even just taking stock, like we talked about earlier, taking stock of maybe what is going on in your life that you feel like you'd love to be more fulfilled. Maybe that's your relationship. Maybe that's your career path. Maybe that's where you're living or who you're surrounding yourself by, your friendships, right? Because it's everything around that comprises your health, not just what you're eating, what supplements you're taking. And if you're curious about how it is affecting your health, I'm sure, you know, if they're working with you or if they're working with, you know, another practitioner like myself, actually measuring your hormones, I think is great. Whether you're doing it with something like a Dutch test or a serum, you know, maybe day 19 through 22 of your cycle, something like that. So you can also get an idea of what your actual hormones are doing. You can, you can see, I mean, you had given your example about how some recent life events had like really kind of, you know, taken you down. And I would say it does affect everybody. I mean, the world stuff is huge right now for people. And I've been finding that even just helping and doing some emotional work with people around what's going on in the world and, you know, getting rid of, not getting rid of, but maybe lessening that voice of, I am I can't be happy because I'm not in control, right? Because there's so much going on that's not in our control. And really there is anyways. And so how can you find joy despite of that? Mm-hmm. And I think also, I mean, I noticed my own stuff just moving to, I live on a ranch now in Colorado and it's beautiful. And there's, you know, it's a lot more manual labor than I've done in quite some time. And my hormones shifted significantly. And again, it was a good stress. I love where I live and I love the change, but it was such a drastic change on my body that even good stresses can throw off your hormones too. So I think a lot of it is just taking stock instead of just, okay, well, I'm this age, so now my hormones do this. It's like, it doesn't have to necessarily be like that. It's more, how can we look at our life as a whole and what maybe other things that just start changing for women around their 40s, right? That's more typical. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be you, if that makes sense. Yes, I love that you said it doesn't have to be that way. I hope everybody heard that. You can take matters into your own hands. And I'm wondering, not all physicians, most regular docs and and not all naturopaths like you are really talk about subconscious beliefs affecting hormones and health. So how did you come to know this and become more interested in this as an aspect of your patient's health that you needed to help them with? Absolutely. I would say quite reluctantly, (laughs) my (laughs) mentor had suggested that I take a course on neuroemotional techniques so I could also help my patients with, we call it the triad of health. So there's how are things affecting a patient chemically, structurally, or emotionally. 
And I was like, eh, I don't think I really want to get into the emotional side of my patients. And he's like, eh, I think you should go take this course. And you know, when your mentor tells you to do something and you're like, okay, fine. So <laughs> I was having horrible seasonal allergies. I was that kid who was allergic to everything furry, everything outside. And it was springtime and I was full of sniffles and sneezing. I was just a mess. And I entered the seminar and the doc who was teaching asked if I would be the demo in front of the class because a lot of times allergies can have an emotional root. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like I'll go up, no problem, right? So there's a hundred people in the class and he starts doing neuroemotional work on me. And it's very quick, right? A lot of our patients say it's like six years of therapy in 30 seconds. It's not a long drawn out thing. It's not talk therapy. And so using applied kinesiology or muscle testing, he, my allergy point turned out to be emotional. Allergy point is just a reflex point on the body that we use for applied kinesiology or muscle testing. And it turned out it went back to when my parents had gotten divorced when I was 11. So here I am super skeptical and now I'm literally bawling my eyes out at the front of this room in front really? of all these people. <laughs> it was quite ridiculous. And I, you know, I mean, I'm just a pretty private person with my emotions anyway. So I was like, wow, this is embarrassing. And I was so exhausted from it that actually at the lunch break of this seminar, I went and took a nap in my car. And within three days, my seasonal allergies were completely gone. I mean, completely gone. This was something that I had struggled with my whole life. And so that was all I needed to learn more, to dig more. I was still a medical student. I got certified in this technique while in med school. And I use it with my patients um, almost every day. And it's not just allergies, right? I mean, it's, it's everything. It's, I just learned so much. You could have people say a statement like, you know, something like I'm okay without going into menopause at 42, you know, just something I'm just bringing kind of a silly statement up. But if their body believes that their arm will be strong. And if their body doesn't believe that their arm will be weak. And so we start using this applied kinesiology in ways of accessing the subconscious mind and applied kinesiology or muscle testing isn't the only way to use that. It's just how I learned this one technique and it was such a game changer for me. And now I live in a, I mean, I live in a ranch with horses. I couldn't even touch a horse before. So for me, it was so profound that I knew there had to be something more to this. And, you know, some people will be like, well, don't you think it's just the placebo effect? And, it, and I was like, I don't really care what it is. I don't have allergies anymore. Placebo or not, I don't, it doesn't matter. If people feel better, that's how powerful the mind is, right? So... I just thought it was, and then I sort of went down the rabbit hole from there. And I love using things like homeopathy and flower essences and other things for people who might not want to do a lot of this standard emotional work. There are so many different ways you can access it using these different energetic remedies. And the people don't even have to believe in it or be open to it because you'll see how their body changes. But I will have to say is that if someone isn't open to it, there's another belief system there, right? Because again, it's just the subconscious brain trying to keep them safe. So that was sort of my own, I guess, initiation into this world, but it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. That's a great story. I love it. Yes. Emotional component, the intangibles, like Dr. Maritza calls them, your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, super powerful for your health. 
it reminds me of a technique a friend of mine performs called Site K, which was developed by Bruce Lipton, where they do use the different energy work to reverse test your beliefs and your feelings and thoughts, and then to reverse the kind of energy that's you're running, your body's running on that. Mm. But she, uh, she had a, a friend of ours do it who was a total skeptic. And he went in with the attitude of, oh, I'm going to prove to her that this doesn't work. Right. Well, it's, it's not going to work. No, no. <laughs> you have to be open to it. You do have to be open to it. That's kind of why I love homeopathy is because I do feel like homeopathy and flower essence sometimes can access a point where if they're a little skeptical, it gets them more open to being able to look at other things. But I just find, and I'm sure you have these people too, when you're miserable enough or you're really ready to look for a change in your health, you sort of don't care how crazy something looks. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and I always feel like a lot of people will say like, oh gosh, energy medicine, it's so woo-woo. And I'm like, energy medicine is the future, man. So get on board. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it uses quantum physics and it uses things that are way more scientific than most of us can even comprehend. So it's just, I think it's it's faster. And so I, I do tell some of my patients, like some of the stuff that we do looks a little bit different, but if, if what you've been doing hasn't been working, what are you going to lose, right? Nothing. So it's just different ways to get you feeling better faster. And I'm all for it, regardless of what it looks like. Yes. And I just want to reiterate what you're saying, that it is scientifically proven. I just read a wonderful book about it called Tuning the Human Biofield. And she goes through all the science and why all of these methods are basically validated in the, the energy body and the energy work. And, and she also talks about why mainstream medicine doesn't accept it. <laughs> so mm. it's really interesting political conversation. That's super interesting. Yeah. I would love to look at that. So, yeah, I love this quote that you shared from Nelson Mandela. I hadn't heard this one. There is no passion to be found in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. And I'm wondering if you can share what that means to you and how this infuses the work that you do with your patients. Oh, absolutely. I mean... For me, I'm just a super passionate person. I mean, some people tell me that's like all this Scorpio energy I have in my chart and I don't know. All I know is that I, when I go into something, I kind of go all in. And so if there tends to be spaces where I'm like, ah, oh, it just feels like we need a change or we need to infuse some more joy. Like when this whole pandemic thing first started happening, I was like, all right, I got to find an outdoor sport that <laughs> that's something that brings me joy because, you know, that's just me. I can't sit inside my house all day, right? And, I'm, mm -hmm. and I wasn't going to do that anyways, besides the point. But so I sort of landed into horseback riding as a way of, and it was perfect. I mean, we went trail rides, we did all these outdoors things. And now I live on a ranch. I mean, it was just, so I just find that for me personally, I think that, we are all capable of so much if we sort of step outside of our comfort zones. And one of my favorite questions is like, what can I do now that will bring me more joy? Or what can I start soon that will bring more joy and creativity? And for me at the time was getting involved with horses. Now for somebody else that might be, you know, painting or it might be, I just think fear, fear, which also can, you know, is a subconscious brain prevents a lot of people from doing things that they might really love doing. 
And it doesn't have to be crazy, you know, crazy adrenaline things. It, that's not what I'm talking about. Like just things that you can, you can still be safe, but try something new, right? So mm-hmm. just getting outside your comfort zone, doing things that bring more joy and more fulfillment. And I think that really is more a life of what people are capable of living. I so agree. And so many women, it seems like when they get to menopause, perimenopause is coming and then menopause and they're like, I just want to retire and they've given up. Why do you think this is that so many of us just give up? I feel like part of it is what we've been taught or told about menopause, right? I mean, it's this horrible thing that we go through and we feel terrible and we lose our sex drive and all blah, 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 right? I just feel like a lot of it is the stories that we've been told or things that have been passed down. So again, changing those belief patterns and changing those thoughts. And also I'm sure there is a component of just when your some of your hormones go down, there are some things that change. So then I feel like whether you're somebody who's sort of, you know, maybe using some bioidenticals or if you're just supporting more of the whole way that the women's body changes during that time with insulin and cortisol and insulin now becoming easier to become insulin resistant. So just going with the way your body is changing, you're going to have to change your diet, you know, just different things like that. I think there's so many ways we can change and work with our physiology that's changing to still lead these really bold and beautiful lives. But a lot of it, I think it's just women are taught that there's nothing they can do. This is just something they have to go through. And I'm so glad that there are more doctors like you who are starting to show that this isn't something, we just don't have to do this and it doesn't have to be horrible. There's so many ways that we can work with our bodies to make it wonderful. Yeah, as you were talking, I was thinking, I totally blame hormones. But then as you were talking longer, I was like, well, I totally blame doctors. Um, (laughs) Because we're not doing a good job of telling women you don't have to suffer this way. There is a better way and we can help you. But it really is, in my opinion, hormones and doctor's fault. Absolutely. (laughs) And I do think when your hormones change, I mean, there's no doubt there's a lot that changes in our energy and our vitality. But I do also feel like there are ways to enhance that, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. What are some of your favorite ways? I know you talked about testing. We we always are about test, don't guess. But for women who are kind of definitely in their 40s, 50s, what are some lifestyle changes that you pretty universally recommend women make that you find help them? Yeah, I think part of it, again, is finding some sort of passion and joy, right? A lot of these women either have kids and they haven't really done a lot for themselves lately. So finding, you know, something that brings them joy and them passion, because that's going to ignite a whole lot of things. I also think that women's bodies are just genuinely not as insulin sensitive anymore. So I do recommend a lot of dietary changes, whether that looks more like a, Adriana talks about like a keto green or just a more low carb, higher fat approach to life, maybe adding in some more fasting. I think women who are in menopause do really well with fasting and they seem to feel a lot better. I think it's really embracing this next chapter of life as 
you know, instead of dreading it, but more embracing it, I think there's a lot to be said in the subconscious brain for that. And then really supporting the adrenals, whether that's herbal or with even maybe some glandulars, and mm-hmm. then making sure that that thyroid is is functioning, it's on, you know, the levels are good. I feel like that all those little pieces make a huge, huge effect in, in a woman's life at that time. Yes, I agree with all of that. And some the just the small things that you've mentioned have can have powerful impact. So whether you're not, you're a woman who's resourced to get the high level tests that we mentioned earlier or not, these are things that you can start doing in your life pretty quickly and inexpensively. I love your podcast, Coffee with the Docs, and I know I'm going to be on a guest on there soon. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you can share, you've, you've done a lot of episodes. What are some of your most memorable guests and topics and takeaways from interviewing all those doctors? Oh, what a fun question. Let's see. One of the favorites that just pops into my mind right away was interviewing Todd White, who's the CEO of Dry Farm Wines. We were chatting for almost 45 minutes before we even started talking about wine. It was so funny. He was talking so much about living a purposeful life and how you eat and fasting and meditation and how it's an integral part of his company. I just found it to be super fascinating, sort of like we were just talking about, like incorporating everything, not just, oh, this supplement, oh, this bioidentical progesterone. It's like, no, like everything else is part of your life. And then recently we interviewed Robert Slovak, who is one of the founders of Reverse Osmosis. And he just absolutely blew my mind talking about minerals and these quinton minerals that I have almost now every patient on, including myself, and just how important the water is. And I just felt like that was a really, really amazing episode too. And it's one of our more recent ones that we just... So I think a lot of it though, and I have to say, we always ask every guest two questions. So I'll ask you and you are on ours. But one of them is what is your latest biohack? And it's funny, some people are like, I hate that word. And I'm like, that's fine. (laughs) What's something that makes your life easier? And you know what a lot of people said while we were recording during these last two years, a lot of people said the sun. And I just thought that was so fascinating, whether it's stepping out and getting that morning sun on your face, which really helps to regulate your hormones and your melatonin and all those things, Mm -hmm. or whether it was for simply people were sick of being inside their houses. So they loved being out in the sun. I mean, it was amazing how many different people had said their biohack was being in the sun. And I just thought, well, that's cool. That's something that's free. It's out there, (laughs) you know, like how neat, go take advantage of it for the many millions of things it does for our bodies. So I thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah, I love that. As you were saying it, I'm thinking, yeah, I'll sign up for that. More sun, more nature, more beach, more being outdoors. Absolutely. Uh, Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's so healing. And I'm glad the data backs it up so that people don't say, oh, that's woo-woo. I know. Foresting, it's a thing, people. Look it up. It sure is. Awesome. Well, I am so glad to have you on today and to talk on this topic of how our subconscious beliefs affect our hormones. I know that everybody's gotten a lot out of it. And I love that you mentioned joy many, many times. I always take notes on some of the 
the insightful things my guests say. And you said, what can I do now that will bring me more joy? And so I want to leave everyone with that. And I want you to think when we get off the podcast, what can you do now that could bring you more joy? Because if you move towards joy, you're moving towards hormone balance. That is the Um, truth. And tell everyone all your info, the 411 on where to find you, where to find out more about you. Give them all the information, please. Yeah, thank you. So I'm pretty active on Instagram. Mine is Dr. Nicole NMD, like naturopathic medical doctor. Uh, my website is Dr. Nicole Huffman, H U F F M A N. And that's as I'm not on like the TikToks and all those things yet. So just kind of sticking with the one. <laughs> and then our podcast, which we have episodes that come out every two weeks, sometimes we'll have one come out weekly. And that's Coffee with the Docs. And I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Yes, definitely. Look Dr. Nicole up, check out her podcast, visit her on Instagram, check out her website. Thank you so much for being with us today, Nicole, and keep up the awesome work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you all for joining me for another episode of the Hormone Prescription Podcast with Dr. Kieran. I will talk with you next week. Until then, peace, love, and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.